0: Wasn't yesterday, I already said this when we talked about it, but wasn't yesterday so much fun? I was so impressed by everybody that came out and by all the food that came in. Uh, It was amazing. And uh, um, just the the gratitude, the spirit of of thankfulness that was in this place. And we're going to wrap up our series today on true virtues. We've been talking about different virtues Uh, that we want to incorporate in our lives. And we are going to um, uh, wrap that up today talking about the virtue of gratitude. And we're going to look at just a couple of reasons why it's so important in our lives. And then I want to talk about a couple of ways that we can begin to cultivate and nurture uh, a spirit of gratitude, a heart of gratitude in our lives um and first off i want to start off with i think the, the the main reason in my mind you know in my opinion the main reason that gratitude is so important uh, in our lives that we live lives and not not just that we you know say thank you once in a while but we live lives truly full of gratitude um is that gratitude is the door to god's presence It really is. It's the door to God's presence. Let's look at Psalm 100 verses four and five. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. The psalmist is making a reference here to the people of Israel. He's referring to them as they would come into the temple for worship. And the gates he's referring to are the gates of the temple. The temple gates which led into the beginning of the experience of the presence of God. And and the, the courts are the open spaces that surround the temple building itself. And that's where the worship took place. He's telling us to approach God with an attitude of thankfulness and an attitude of praise, that that's how we're to approach God. You know, as we read this, we need to realize that the words enter and go into, those are written in the imperative, which simply means that it's not a suggestion. He's saying, do this. He's saying, do this. Not, it would be a good idea if you did this, But he's saying, he's telling us to do this. Whenever we approach God to worship, we are to always do so with a heart that's overflowing with gratitude. We are to always do so with an attitude of thanksgiving and praise. And the basis of this is found in verse 5. And that is that God is a good God. No matter what is going on in your life, God is a good God. He is always good to us. Always. He cannot be otherwise. His love is unfailing. His faithfulness continues day after day after day after day. Therefore, because of that, whenever we come into his presence... We can come with thanksgiving on our lips, thanksgiving in our hearts, and praising Him because He's a good God. You see, thanksgiving and praise, they always go together. And they are a verbal acknowledgments of all that God has done for us. And it comes from this deep-seated appreciation of the goodness of God in our lives. The more realization we have of the nature and the character of God and his love for us, and the more we appreciate what God has done for us and in us, the more our heart will well up and overflow with gratitude to God. The more we get to know God for who he is, we can't help but be grateful And we begin to realize that in him is found everything that we need. There is nothing that we need that is not found in him. The way we enter his presence, every time we enter his presence, the way we enter his presence is through the blood of Jesus that gives us the confidence that we can approach him. We don't have to worry about, you know, can I approach him or not? Is he going to receive me or not? How, You know, Jesus stamped our ticket, so to speak, with his blood that was poured out on the cross so that we can approach God because of what, he's, what Jesus has already done for us through his death on the cross. And then it's a heart filled with thanksgiving and praise that opens the door. I feel like it's, I, I, I picture, it's not a perfect analogy, but I kind of picture it like this. You know, there's God and there's this door that leads into his presence. And we go up with all confidence and all boldness because of what Jesus has done for us. And we confidently hold, take hold of that doorknob. And then we just, with gratitude and praise, turn the knob and walk through the door. And enter into his presence. Then the second reason that gratitude is so important is because of the tremendous freedom that it brings in our lives. Tremendous freedom. Gratitude brings freedom. I want to read a passage from Jonah. You probably wouldn't be expecting this one, but I want to to talk about it for just a minute. Jonah chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 say this. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Say that again. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. In verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry, ground, dry land. Let's think a minute about Jonah's situation. Jonah had refused to do what God told him to do. God told him, I want you to go and, and to you know, prophesy over uh, and preach to, to, to Nineveh, a horrible, horrible, evil, wicked city. I want you to go and, and, and prophesy to them. And tell them this message. Call him to repentance. And, and Jonah didn't want to do it. I mean, these were, these were Israel's, you know, they, they were their enemies, diehard enemies. He said, I'm not going to do that. So he hopped on board a ship and ran in the other direction. Storm came up. It was determined that the storm was because of Jonah. They threw the crew of the ship, threw him overboard uh, uh, to save their own lives and then the storm quelled, but when they sh- when they threw him overboard, it says a big fish came along and swallowed him. Now, I don't want to get bogged down in, is that really possible? Can that really happen? Um, I, one, I've heard accounts that the of, of, you know, people actually being swallowed by fish, you know, and it doesn't happen every day, but I have seen a couple of accounts that are somewhat credible, but, he, but here's the thing. It's not whether or not we've ever heard of it being done. Who are we talking about that's behind all of this? God. All right? What is God not capable of? Right? I mean... Jesus talked about it as if this was a story, so I'm just going to accept that. I mean, Jesus, I mean, he rose from the dead. So I think God is capable of anything. But anyway, so big fish came along and swallowed him, and that's where we come to this passage. That's where Jonah is in this passage. Now, if that was me, and I'm, I'll bet you there's you know, at least a few of you in the same boat, no pun intended, if that, if, if, if that was me, my prayers would be the, of the nature of, God, get me out of here. I promise I'll never do it again. Or I promise I'll always do this. I'll never do that. Whatever you want to know, I'll promise God, just get me out of here. You ever pray a prayer like that? How many has ever followed through on a prayer like that they prayed? None of us, right? That's not what Jonah did. You know what this passage is called, these, these verses that we just read? It's a psalm of thanksgiving. Jonah 2, verses 2 to 9, the whole passage, is a psalm of thanksgiving. And it's from the belly of a big fish. Now, if you were in Jonah's place, would a song of thanksgiving just breaking forth from your lips? I don't think so. At least not mine. Maybe you're more sanctified than me, but I think I would have a psalm of complaining. But he had a psalm of thanksgiving. Here's the thing. Jonah didn't see the fish as his end. He didn't see the fish as this is it. I'm done for. Give me a pen and paper, la- write out my last will and testament. He saw it as his salvation from drowning in the storm. So he lifted his voice in thanksgiving to God for saving him. And I'm sure he couldn't lift it very loud because of his situation, but nobody had to hear it other than God. And God hears everything. So anyway... In verse nine, we see an implied vow of complete obedience. You know what I ha- what I have vowed, I'm going to make it good. But it was after this psalm of thanksgiving, after this, which he gave while he sat in the smelly, slimy belly of a big fish, that we come to verse ten. And verse ten says, "And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land." Jonah's freedom came after he lifted his voice in thanksgiving to God. We need to see that. That's important. Jonah's freedom came after he lifted his voice in thanksgiving. It's amazing how much freedom comes into our lives when our hearts are filled with gratitude. The more our, our spirits, our hearts, our attitudes, the more our very beings are saturated with and overflowing with gratitude, the more freedom comes into our lives. It brings freedom from grumbling. It brings freedom from complaining. It frees us from the grip of materialism that our culture tries so hard to to get us entrenched in. Freedom from discontentedness. It brings freedom in our relationships. Think about your relationships. Think about that person in your life that you know who is always just exuding gratitude. Gratitude. Genuine gratitude from their heart. I mean, whenever you see them, that's just who they are. And think of how much, think of, um, what's, how do I want to put this? Think of how much, um, well, you just enjoy being with that person and how much favor, with how much favor you look upon that person just because they're so good to be around. They're not always grumping and griping. They're, they're full of gratitude, full of thanksgiving. Brings freedom to live above our circumstances because our circumstances can't hold on to us. It brings freedom to appreciate so many blessings in our lives. Freedom to come out from the burdens that so otherwise so <clears throat> weigh so heavily on us. So gratitude first opens the door to God's presence, and then it brings tremendous freedom in our lives. So how do we cultivate it? How do we begin, by, or how do we begin to cultivate it in our lives? We'll we begin by recognizing that gratitude is something that's a daily choice, every day. It's not something that just comes naturally or that is suddenly wake up one day, I'm going to be full of gratitude today, and boom, rest of our life, we're just full of gratitude. It doesn't happen that way. We have to choose to have an attitude of gratitude every day. We have to choose it. And it's that choice that allows us and empowers us to rise above our circumstances. In Acts 16, there's a story about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are, you know, preaching and they're sharing the gospel in Philippi. There was a, a, a servant girl following them who had a spirit by which she would do some fortune telling. And she, she made quite a bit of money for her owners. And, and she became, you know, she, she was just annoying the heck out of Paul and Silas. Just annoying them and, and you know, having such a, uh, giving them such a hard time. Paul just turned around and said, come out of her. And, and, you know, he casts the spirit out of this girl. Now, that caused all kinds of problems for her owners because they could no longer earn money for them from her fortune-telling. So what happens is, bottom line, this mob formed around Paul and Silas. They were flogged. They were thrown in prison. And that's when things get interesting. In verse 25, we pick up. Now about midnight, in other words, as they're sitting in the dark, they're in prison, sitting in the dark at midnight. At midnight, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened, so the doors flung open, and everyone's chains were were fastened. Everyone's chains were, were unfastened. And um, something I just now saw is I you know their attitude affected everyone else around them. Because it wasn't just their chains that were on that was our our attitudes affect the people around us. Always. Always. So they had an attitude of praise and the doors were opened. Everyone's chains were unfastened. Here's what we need to see. See, Paul and Silas were illegally beaten and thrown into a dark prison. They had ample reason to be upset and to grumble. And yet what did they do? They chose to have a different attitude. They chose it. They chose an attitude of praise. And, you know, it doesn't specify gratefulness, but praise and gratefulness go so hand in hand. I'm pretty safe in saying that's most likely what was in their heart too. But the point is this. They chose what attitude they were going to have. Our attitude is a choice that we make every single day. Before our feet even hit the ground, we choose the attitude that we are going to have. Now, I've said this many times. We cannot choose all the things that happen to us. We have not chosen a whole bunch of stuff that's happened to us this past two years. Have we? There's a whole lot of stuff... that that that, you know is affecting our lives we didn't choose it but we can choose our attitude and how we respond to it we can always choose our attitude no matter what it is that happens to us Paul and Silas made a choice to respond by singing hymns of praise to God I doubt that's what they felt like doing but it's what they chose to do So often in life, things happen that make us ever so aware of what is going wrong in our lives and aware of all the things that we don't have. You know, I wish I had this, or I wish my situation was like that. I wish the person I worked for was like that, or I wish this was, you know. It's like so often things happen that make us aware of all the stuff that's wrong in our lives and things that we're not happy with. When those times come, we can choose to respond with an attitude of gratitude. We may not feel like it, but we can do it. So what we need to do is take our thoughts captive, as Paul says elsewhere. Take our thoughts captive and make obedient to the mind of Christ. We take our thoughts captive and turn them away from what's wrong and put them on what's right in our lives because something is. Not everything is wrong in everyone's life. Not everything is wrong in your life. Some things are going right. I guarantee it. And take your thoughts, turn them away from what's going wrong and put them on what's going right. Take them away from what you don't have, put them on what you do have. And you know, if you have trouble doing this, then get a piece of paper, get a pen, And just begin to write down all the things for which you are thankful. All the things for which you are thankful. Big things. Little things. All the things that maybe you tend to take for granted. Anybody care to share what are some things that you sometimes just begin to take for granted? Just in a word or two. Anybody want to share? Yeah. Yeah you can walk. Thank God for that. Yeah. For 2 years you couldn't. So you've realized that's something you're thankful for. Who else? Anybody. Health. 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 Perfect health, good health, or just that you're alive. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Something else you're thankful? Yeah, Pam. A warm house, yes, a warm house. Some of you can be thankful for that. A cold house, a cold house. <laughs> with a wife that likes a cold house. I know that. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. A what? Anybody else? Anybody else? I thank God that 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 uh, uh, for a future of IU beating Purdue. I say it in faith. Oh, God help us. Why do I open it up like this? Okay. (laughs) Seriously, here's something to think about. When was the last time that you thanked God for the fact that you have clean water to drink? The water in this bottle is clear, it's not brown. There's nothing floating in it. There's nothing swimming in it. It's safe to drink. It's not going to make me sick. Did you know that 785 million people live without clean water to drink? That's roughly twice the population of the United States. Diseases from dirty water kill more people every year than all forms of violence, including war. In Africa alone, women spend 40 billion hours a year walking for water, and it's mostly the women. They spend 40 billion hours a year walking for water, and I don't mean walking to the kitchen sink or walking to the door of the refrigerator. And so much of the water that they walk miles for is infested with disease and parasites. Thank God the next time you raise a glass or a bottle of clean water to your lips. Thank God for it. Because we do have that, and we can be grateful for that. But that's just one example of something that, you know, when's the last time we thanked God for that? So, get a paper and pen and and begin to just write down the things that you are thankful for. And then put it in your pocket and take it out whenever you begin to find your thoughts focusing on all the things that are wrong and on all the things that you don't have. Also, and when you take it out, think of something else to add to it and watch it grow. Also, begin to listen to and sing to worship songs of gratitude and praise. The things that we allow into our ears affect our hearts more, much, much more than we realize. And if we're listening to songs of gratitude and songs of praise, it'll do one thing to our hearts. But if we're constantly hearing you know, what's wrong and what we don't have and, and, and messages like that, then it does something else in our hearts. So write those things down. I, I, I would start a list today. And that brings us to the next thing. When you choose gratitude, then you're also making a choice to let go of something else. Choosing gratitude means letting go of something else. 1 Thessalonians 1.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now when Paul says all circumstances, it means all circumstances. That means that includes a lot of times when things are not going well for us. It includes times when everything seems to be going wrong. It you know when Paul says this is God's will for you we got to understand, he's not saying that that circumstance is God's will for us. He's not talking about the situation, but rather our attitude when we go through it. That's what God's will is. God's will is that we are grateful no matter what is going on in our life, no matter what is happening around us, no matter what we feel like inside, or what is happening to us. God's will is that we approach it with an attitude of, gratefulness of gratitude that is our choice but it also means that we are going to have to choose to let go of some things for example if someone has offended you you need to let go of that offense you can't walk around offended and live in gratitude at the same time they don't mix they work against each other you have to let go of discontent, discontent and gratitude. Just simply do not mix. Or jealousy, you're jealous that somebody has this and you don't. Somebody is there and you want to be there. Jealousy doesn't mix with gratitude. We have to let go of that. We have to let go of unforgiveness. We have to let go of grudges. We have to let go of disappointments. Just take those things and hand them over to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm giving these things to you. I don't want them in my heart. I don't want my heart to be filled with discontent and jealousy and offense and and unforgiveness and disappointments and grudges. I don't want my heart to be filled with those. I want a heart of gratitude. So, God, I give you those things that have been blocking it. I give you those things that have been getting in the way. I give them to you now. Take them from my heart. And, Lord, just place in me and cultivate in me and grow in me a a heart that's overflowing with gratitude for your goodness. Gratitude for your love for me. Gratitude for all the things you've done for me. Gratitude for the things you're going to do for me. Gratitude for your provision. All the things that weigh heavy on our heart and work against the cultivation of gratitude in our hearts, we just let go of them. So if you want to live a life of gratitude... And I'm talking about gratitude as a lifestyle. I'm not talking about an occasional, oh, thank you. Thanks, that's great. That's an expression of gratitude, as long as you're sincere. That's an expression of gratitude. But if you're serious and you want to live a life of gratitude, I want to ask you a question. I want you to ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, what do I need to let go of in order to choose gratitude? If gratitude is something that you know you need to grow in, that you want to grow in in your life, ask yourself, what do I need to let go of in order to choose gratitude? What's the number one thing in your life that's hindering it? What's getting in the way of it? Take some time today before you go to bed and think about what's standing in the way, and what's blocking gratitude in your life, what's tripping you up, and then just take a moment and write it down. Write it down. Something concrete happens when we just write it down. Write it down and release it to Jesus. And make the choice that you're going to begin to walk in gratitude. I want us to pray. Before we do, I want to ask, what's your relationship with Jesus like? What's your relationship with Jesus like? Is it good? I know a number of you saw a whole lot of evidence of that yesterday. A whole lot of evidence with so many people that came in to serve and came with the hearts of uh, and, and, you know, people with things going on in their lives. But yet they came in here to serve and to love this community. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to love this community. We're not here to tell them everything that's wrong in their lives. We're not here to tell them you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And we're here to love this community. And to serve this community, and that's what went on yesterday. So I know for 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 for, for many of you, you, you know, you showed evidence of uh, of your uh, of your relationship with Jesus as being healthy and alive. And but maybe there's some that you know it's been struggle lately. It's hard. Or maybe there's some that. haven't actually started a relationship of following Jesus if that's you you don't know what you're missing but you have an invitation to find out right now I want to give you that invitation I want everybody bow their heads I'm not gonna point anybody I'm not gonna even ask for a show of hands on this this is between you and the Lord You need to know this. We weren't created to, we weren't created to um, live on our own. We weren't created for our own purposes. We are created by and for Jesus. We were created to have a relationship with him. We were created to love him and, and, and for him to love us. But sin got in the way. We began living our own lives the way we wanted to. And we believed the lies of the enemy. Way back in the garden, way back with Adam and Eve, we believed the the lies of the enemy. And we put a barrier because of our sin. a barrier was erected between us and God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to demolish that barrier. And he did it through his son Jesus going to the cross and allowing himself to be crucified as payment, as punishment of our sin so that that barrier could be Removed. I love the place in, in one of the Gospels where it says that when Jesus died, the temple in the curtain was torn from top to bottom, and I just picture God reaching down, grabbing the top of that curtain, and tearing it in half, because that curtain is what separated the people between, you know, the separation between the people and and. The presence of God, where the Ark of the Covenant was, that the presence of God rested. The high priest could only go in there, only the high priest once a year, and he had to prepare his hearts for. Well, that 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 curtain was torn in two, and the way in was opened. The way of forgiveness was provided when Jesus died. He was in the grave. He was dead he was lifeless but on the third day he rose from the grave he broke the power of sin and death he rose from the grave and he rose to give you and me life that's the number one thing i'm grateful for the light i am not the person i used to be thank god i'm not the person and it's only because of jesus I'm not where I want to be, but I'm on my way there. And Bible tells me that God is going to perfect. He's going to bring about to completion what he started in me. And if you're here and you've never started that journey of walking with Jesus, with faith in him and faith in his resurrection, what he's done. Then all you have to do is bow your head. And just say in your heart, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead, and I want to follow you. I want to leave my sin behind. That's what repentance is, turning around and walking away from what we were before and walking in the opposite direction. I want to turn around and, and, and walk away from my sin and follow Jesus. If you do that, then you're on the road to becoming the, the, the person that Jesus wants you to be. You're on the road to freedom. You're on the road to life. If you do that, I want to encourage you before you leave today, just tell somebody, yeah, I did that. Today's the day I decided to follow Jesus. And I'm not going to follow him halfway. I'm going to follow him all the way and start by then con- cultivating an attitude of gratitude. <sighs> Father, I thank you for your many, many blessings. And there are so many things that we do take for granted. So many little things that get under our skin and 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 and, and, and just irritate us and we tend to leave the Gratitude behind sometimes. But Father, that's how we want to live our lives. Overflowing, the heart's overflowing with gratitude. We don't want all the other stuff that gets in the way. So clear that out of our hearts. Clear that out of our lives. Empower us and help us and give us the grace to follow Jesus every day. To choose an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. We love you, Lord. We love you. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. I invite you to hold out your hands to receive a blessing. And now may God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Receive that now in Jesus' name. God bless you. And now, Father, we pray for the food that we're about to eat. We give you thanks for it. Let it nourish and strengthen our bodies without all the calories and fat grams and all the stuff that we worry about. In Jesus' name, we truly thank you for it. Amen. Amen. All right. we.